Sorry, guys, I got lost in the music there. I forgot I had a podcast to record getting going on here. Welcome in, everybody. Season two, episode two. We're here. Layden, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. So, quick rundown of how this, today is going to happen. We're going to take a quick look back at everybody's keepers, how they fared. Uh, quick rundown of where they ended. Good, bad. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to go look at some free agent moves that happened in the NFL, move on to the NFL draft recap, kind of look at some of uh, overall. I'm, I'm assuming most of you kind of have an idea uh, of what went down, at least at the skill position. So it uh, may not be much to talk about, but we figured it might be a good refresher as, as things have been quiet for a while. But now as uh, some off-season stuff's getting rolling and we're getting ready and everything's getting scheduled, ready to get at it, we thought it'd be a good time to recap. So do that. And, um, a little housekeeping and we'll be ready to roll. So, Layton, oh. how are you feeling, mate? Doing good, doing great. I'm in my basement, my ping pong table. Uh, <laughs> we're doing a but, Zoom over it. Yeah. yeah, this is this is our first Zoom. So, most of the time we've been in person, hashing it out, just duking it Oh yeah, uh, with our boom mics. But tonight we're trying the Zoom, uh, which I think, as we, we discussed before going live on air, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be better in the season, you know, it's gonna sound better now because i heard last time our podcast just sucked audio and we didn't get the full thing so that's my my wi-fi in my garage that we were trying to do (laughs) so it'll it's a good test run for the season we'll be able to get everything in hopefully weekly recaps kind of talk some uh some trash talk and oh yeah uh kind of get get everybody's fire lit underneath them so uh let's just let's jump right in uh recap We're going to look back uh, everybody's keepers. So, Layton, why don't you start us off? I just went in the draft order, uh, which yeah, it's, Dre is, has the number one pick because of a trade, but technically that's Ben. So give us Ben's keepers and how they fared last year. Yeah, so Ben's keepers from last year were Damian Williams, Kansas City Chiefs running back, and Calvin Ridley, uh, wide receiver for the Falcons. Williams finished uh, 38th overall at a PPR um, for the running backs. Decent. I mean, he won the Super Bowl, MVP of the Super Bowl, but did not show up on fantasy. I believe so, yeah. Uh, I feel like people wanted I, him to be. I thought he was. I thought he received the MVP trophy. Well, he might have. He, I mean, he had a nice run in the corner of the end zone. I don't even know. NFL MVP, Super Bowl. This is you can correct me if I'm wrong, but. No, I, I, I think it was Mahomes. But I remember people saying it should have been Williams because oh. he had a stretch in there where well, he in, the, in the Super Bowl itself he went off and in the playoffs he, he had a nice little run. Uh, shout out to Alex. I was rooting for your Chiefs, but or for your Niners, <laughs> by the way. Um, same. I same pull it off, though. Anyways, either way, regardless of if he, if he got the, the trophy or not, uh, quite the run at the end of the year. So maybe you know coming there was a lot of hype around him coming into the year uh maybe didn't finish where he thought he was going to finish uh but i think if i'm remembering correctly i can pull up the doc that you kept him as a free agent so basically one late picks last year didn't i mean that's one of those one of those good picks it doesn't you didn't bust by any means yeah which is really good and the guy which is probably your better pick of the two calvin ridley finished as like a wide receiver 3-2 3-2 range, which isn't, you know, entirely the, the, the greatest, but his outlook for 2020 is really good. Everyone's really high on him. Um, a lot of guys have him in the mid, uh, you know, second uh, wide receiver two range, um, which is big time. And he's going to mid-fifth round, beginning fifth round, mid-fifth round area, um, which is good value for him as well. But, I mean, Austin Hooper's gone, um, so that's a lot of target shares going away from Austin Hooper. Yes, they added Hayden Hurst, but I mean, he's into a new system now, and Julio's bound to get injured like he always does for some reason. But he plays. So, he does. He, he plays through it. Yeah, Hurst coming in with no offseason. There's no way they're going to give him the 100 targets. 
Um, they Sanu went to the Patriots. Remember they traded him about midseason oh, yeah. and didn't replace him. So target's got to be going up there. Really excited about Ridley. Ben's kind of got a difficult choice. Let's put yourself in Ben's shoes. So does he keep Calvin Ridley again? Uh, or does he keep – you can keep Miles Sanders in the fourth right now or Lamar Jackson in the 13th. There's some – those are three. Oh, really I didn't – Miles <laughs> Sanders in the fourth is – Sanders in the fourth is real good value. Whoa, doggy. Um, Miles Sanders right now is going in, – in, so ADP is basically average draft position from all the mock drafts and drafts that are going on right now in the world. There's a, basically a consensus – draft position these, these guys are being drafted at. So a current ADP right now, you know, August 6th or whatever, it, Miles Sanders is going uh, the 202 spot. So he's going the beginning of the second round. So he's going after Tyreek Hill, before Nick Chubb, before Julio Jones, before DeAndre Hopkins. So, like, that's where people are putting value at Miles Sanders right now. Wow. Big time. That is. And I'm just trying to pull up. Calvin Ridley is going – Beginning of the fifth? This, uh, looks like even beginning of fourth. This is 12-team. see if I can update this to 10-team really quick. Yeah, it looks like it's about 501 spot. 501 and 10-team? Uh, yeah. So above A.J. Brown, above Robert Woods, um, above Dave Montgomery, it's kind of like that's that spot, yeah. basically. And who a lot of the people in the industry are, are – selecting to be kind of like the next Chris Godwin type of jump, right? Like last year, everybody was yeah. saying Chris Godwin, and he did. And and so if Calvin makes that jump, do you want, do you want Calvin or do you want Sanders or do you, do you go with Lamar? You still haven't given me an answer. Who, who's your two keepers? Well, we'll talk about that later on too, so <laughs> be ready for that. Going uh, to the Jameson now, second pick of the upcoming draft. We're going through yes, his keepers sir, last yes, year. Sir. How did they fare? So I kept Barkley who he is Saquon Barkley. He missed a big chunk of the season, though, with with that injury. Um, was good before and was real good after. Uh, yes, you're welcome, John. I'm still taking half the credit <laughs> for that, that championship. One uh, championship. And then I also kept Julio, who's uh, all reliable. Like mm-hmm. He's going to finish as a wide receiver one for every year that he's playing, or just about. So... Uh, you know, they fared well. I had other other pieces of the puzzle that, that didn't do so hot. Um, we don't need to spend a lot of time on me. So move on to the next, which is which is Logan. Or Logan. Logan this year it was it was Tyler Bell last year, so these Rest are piece. people that <laughs> that Tyler kept. Uh, but we'll we'll use Logan's team. So take it away. Yeah. So Logan, basically the guys that you were inheriting from last year that Tyler kept, he kept Kenny Galladay, Detroit Lions wide receiver. Um, finished as the ninth wide receiver overall, which is incredibly good value for, you know, where he's being currently being drafted. Um, and then, you know, you also kept Aaron Jones finished as the running back two overall. So that's again, incredible value. Um, and he kept Kenny Galladay last year in the 11th round. So that's big time. Cause especially since, you know, his value skyrocketed, he's beating a third right now, uh, in ADP. So, um, great value there and you know, a great pickup that you can have. So, I mean, just two solid guys that you can rely on, potentially, you know, keeper guys there too. So um, keep that in mind. Yeah, and Galladay's got Stafford. Well, Stafford's coming back. You would imagine he plays a full season. Uh, yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, he was having quite the start to the year with Stafford. So got to be excited about that. Um, yeah, and Aaron Jones has kind of been dipping a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about his situation a little later in this podcast they did some some funky stuff in the draft that i think people are kind of fading him a little bit but um yeah you talked about that uh moving right along alex nick chubb hunter henry chubb was real good even in even in the ppr which uh, catching out of the backfield is not his forte uh still finished as the eighth overall running back i've heard many people argue the maybe the best pure running back in terms of like just running ability. Um, real good. We'll come back to them a little later on too. They, they did some stuff in draft and free agency to help help his stock, but he's also got another curveball. Uh, and then Hunter Henry who finished as the ninth overall tight end, which um, yeah, kind of just feels 
where you took them, you're probably like, eh, you probably yeah. wanted them to do a little better. Um, didn't feel like you necessarily got a steal, but these, these days and age, it's hard to find a tight end that's going to be able to give you uh, a baseline week in and week out. So if you feel right. like you got that, that Hunter Henry finishing as the, as a tight end one, technically you feel okay at the end of the day. For sure. And yeah, just kind of outlook for this year too. I mean, Philip Rivers is gone. So that I mean that that go to quarterback veteran guy is gone. He Hunter Henry's dealt with injury in the past. Um potentially two quarterbacks in Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Um and the offense is probably gonna run the ball more often than not just because of the quarterback play being maybe subpar. So something to keep in mind with that guy, especially he's right now he's being drafted in the tenth round. Um tight end in the tenth round, I typically avoid personally, just because there is some there's some you know, gems there and like a Jared Judy rookie, um, McCole Hardman, uh, CD lamb, Marvin Jones. So some good value there. Um, but he's being drafted in 10th round. So again, uh, you know, yes, tight end one, but, uh, could be a little bit deceiving there. So. Yeah. Agree. Looking at, at the notes, it looks like Hunter Henry was a free agent. So he did have him. Okay. Yeah. The nice. silver lining is he was one that didn't really cost him a pick for sure. Um, okay. but yes. Cool. Yeah. So next, actually hopping into to Dre, going over through his team real quick. So he kept Marlon Mack, uh, running back of the Colts, and Mike Evans. Uh, Mack finished as uh, the running back twenty-two overall. Um, so pretty good value for a guy who, I mean, I feel like the expectations weren't too high on him, and he finished as a, a you know running back two. Um, and Mike Evans, who uh, finished as just outside of that wide receiver one range. But I mean, he had those boom weeks early on that he was getting 40, 50 points, you know, for you. On, also uh, had a week of zero. <laughs> that's the craziest part. That's right. And he played the full game. Week five, week five, full played game. the full game, 97% snap percentage. So like hardly any plays taken off only at three targets and it, not a point. That's nuts. Which mind blowing, but yeah, it's, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but just, no, you're play. good. That's a great fact. See, that's the thing. That's why I finished at the at the 15th spot, not, you know, the top 12 ranges because, you know, obviously he struggled to be consistent throughout the entire you know, course of the season there. So, yep. yep. Um, and, and kind of looking at the keeper outlook for these guys, um, Mike Evans right now is being drafted in the third round right behind Kenny Galladay, right in front of Adam Thielen, in front of Juju Smith, in front of Odell, in front of Mari Cooper, DJ Moore. So, um, a lot of value, I guess, with you know Brady coming into town, people are looking at him like he's going to be a really good asset moving forward. So, so take those, take those, those four or five guys you just said right around there. You're on the clock. Not a keeper, just a straight up redraft. Who are you taking okay. this year? I think I. So give give me some options then of those guys. So Mike Evans, Adam Peelan, Juju Smith. Yeah, give a couple more. I heard DJ Moore and DJ Moore, Amari Cooper. Yep, those guys. Okay, those five. Gotcha. I think I go DJ Moore first, Amari Cooper second. Uh, I go Allen Robinson third, and then I go Mike Evans. Okay. So at a you know, ADP can be deceiving, but you know, this is what is so nice for establishing your own rankings. So, right. You get your guys. Yeah. People are going to feel differently about different people. And exactly. So yeah, that's what I think though. Um, and so maybe he's overvalued for me in that spot and I would go different guy, but maybe you think differently. You really, you know, like Brady and you think he's going to come through and, and you know, provide a lot of fancy value. So, right. Right. Uh, moving along, Dylan Baker Mayfield. And the – I'm looking here. He was a free agent, so probably had his last pick. Finishes the 20th QB overall. Probably not what you expected uh, where you kept him. I know you didn't give up a lot of draft capital to keep him, uh, but there were some hype trains uh, full steam ahead on Baker Mayfield last year. And those just didn't pan out. Things just didn't come to fruition, uh, I think, the way everybody thought they were. Uh, right now he's going. Oh man, I'm gonna have to look a little bit. I didn't have this pulled up before. For Baker, where he's going? 
He's going pause for effect. He looks like he's going the the 14th round. Yeah. Instead of you know, redraft. So I mean, he's going around just a bunch of quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, uh-huh. Jared Goff, Philip Rivers. So. Yeah, and the jury's still out on him. Like this was only his. I mean, his, he went from rookie year setting a rookie passing touchdown record to that's right. kind of the sophomore slump. So by, I mean, it was not necessarily a bad decision to keep him coming off the end of the year that he had. Um, just jury's kind of still out of if he's going to be a legit NFL quarterback uh, and one that's viable for a fantasy team, or if he's uh, somebody that you're going to kind of want to avoid, not knowing when the hit, when the misses are coming. Uh, you also kept Juju, who I think everybody last year would have said absolutely can't can't not keep Juju, 100%. especially you got him in the fifth round. Uh, all signs ahead on Juju. Not quite the year uh, that Pittsburgh had. Any other guys really? Uh, Big Ben went out, no Antonio Brown, and it was just kind of a bad year. Juju, to my surprise, finished as the 65th overall wide receiver. So who's uh who's ahead of you know get some guys that you might think who would have been ahead of Judy Smith? Because <laughs> I was looking at some stats and one of those guys was Tyrell Williams. Do you know who that is? No. Finished yeah. twenty spots ahead of Juju. I remember that. he played at the Chargers a couple of years ago. That's Tyrell. <laughs> that's, that, that's the extent of it. <laughs> <laughs> so not Shepard. that's crazy. Like, those are guys I never yeah, I never would have no. guessed. Like I would have said yeah, Juju still had Juju may have had a down year, but he still finished ahead of those guys. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. So not not the year. And it, again, like I don't I don't you couldn't have seen that one coming. Like nobody would no. have faulted you for keeping Juju. It's not like you necessarily took a risk on that. It's just that's the, the fun of fantasy. Just didn't quite pan out for you on that one. It's the fun of fantasy. Fun. So, yeah, hopping into some more fun here, (laughs) talking about TJ's team. Um, He kept two quarterbacks. TJ, what are you doing, man? If you ever listen to this podcast, you know that we don't like that. We Um, are late-round quarterback guys. But even that, like, okay, Mahomes, sure, because he's your last-round pick. But you don't need to keep golf. You can't start two quarterbacks. It makes no sense. So So You can't can't play for, like, trade asset, right? Like – can't you can't play that way you're relying too much on things that you can't control and i get that you made it to the championship i don't care <laughs> i don't did he oh how i thought it no, was he, no 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 he's semifinals you're right seth semifinals. made it to the yes they still made seth, it pretty far seth still won't know that you slighted him there because he doesn't sorry listen. uh tj he kept patrick mahomes who finishes the eighth overall quarterback and jared goff's 13 so i didn't mention that that's Mahomes who kept his eighth Eight because he was injured, you know, majority of the season. So, um, yeah, interesting road for him. But I mean, not much to say here. They're just yeah. some quarterbacks, and that that those don't, rankings don't shake up. Two, don't yeah. keep keep two quarterbacks, and it's just a good. I mean, we are we. In case you couldn't tell, we like to in a one quarterback league quarterback doesn't hold a ton of fantasy value. And so in our opinion, you wait and get the quarterback later and somebody like even Mahomes finishing in, as the number eight overall QB is just a great example of why it makes sense to wait because there's so much other value on the board that you can get in other positions, like other roster spots you can fill and still get a quarterback late. That's going to fare Right. So here's the scenario for you. I'm going to throw this at you and everyone listening, you know, try to consider this in, in, you know, how you draft. So Jameson, would you rather take Deshaun Watson or Stefan Diggs or AJ Green or Marquise Brown? Like out of those guys, who are you going to take? I'm going to take the skilled guy. And it, it kind of depends on, how my draft is going up to that point, but more than likely I'm going to take a shot at one of the the receivers that can be boom. So AJ Brown, or did you say Brown or green? Uh, I said both. I, I was just naming guys basically in the yeah. seventh round around all a really good round. quarterback. Like all those guys have the opportunity to boom. Whereas Deshaun has his number one target over the last however many years is now gone. 
He has Will Fuller, who hasn't played a full season, and Brandon Cooks, who's coming into a new team with a COVID offseason. Like, I'm not yeah. – Deshaun's very talented. He's going to – farewell, he's going to finish as a quarterback one. But there's still so many unknowns there. I'd rather take a chance – if I'm taking a chance, take a chance on somebody else, like an A.J. Green, who's coming in, franchise tag, to a whole year off. He's healthy. Is he old? Yes, but he's healthy. Got a Joe Burrow. He's going to be used. Hollywood Brown, A.J. Brown. Like, both of those guys are ceilings. I feel like ceilings are – much higher and I'd rather take the risk there and get something like where did I don't have it off the top of my head where did Deshaun Watson finish overall at quarterback last year um I mean he finishes the fifth overall but at that point like I mean a a few spots lower than him was you know Tom Brady who's going you know a couple rounds later right he's going the ninth that's where I was going to go three rounds so um and like things to keep in mind too, like in the last right now, the last quarterback going off the board is Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a starting quarterback for the Super Bowl contenders from last yeah. season, right? So there is value there, and there, I mean, just consider that. Sorry, right. sorry, nope, my quarterback tangent oh. is done. But. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. Like I was just gonna say, oh, this is my last thing, and we should move on because. People have different philosophies, and if their philosophy is to go quarterback early, that's so true. Do your thing. I was just going to say, like, Deshaun Watson finishes at whatever we decided he finished at with. It looks like the number of points, 374, okay, which is finishes number QB number four, okay, Josh Allen finished with 328 so not even a 50 point difference there but where was josh allen being drafted last year compared to deshaun watson deshaun watson was going in the first five rounds in adp and josh allen was going after the 10th round so that's just what we're saying like the amount of value you can find in other skills positions in those next six rounds is going to be more than the 40 points that you're getting at this quarterback position exactly all right, rant over. No, you're good. We both. But if you want to go, if you want to go quarterback early, do it. Go do your thing. Hey, yeah, I'm not against. Take your strategy. I mean, it's been working yeah. for you. So. Right. Um, I haven't won yet, so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what can we say? Uh, next uh, is me, uh, and I, I kept Kittle, who was a free agent I picked up last season. Um, finished as a third tight end overall. I I spent forty Robin bucks. That and or man, did it pay off. So now I get him. Best ever. Uh, but then I also kept Connor, James Connor, running back uh, Steelers, and he finished as the 35th running back overall. He did have some injury problems, but I think one reason I finished so well is because Chris McCaffrey carried me. So um, even though one of my keepers didn't fare well, McCaffrey just carried the load for me. But how yeah, do you I think, feel about Connor this upcoming year? Like, assuming Big Ben's back. Everybody's healthy. They have a solid defense, but I know some people are off of him because of his year last year and kind of being a down year. Is that yeah. – what do you think? Like Tomlin in the, in the past hasn't necessarily done a running back by committee. It's like this is our guy. He's starting. So I feel like if it's Connor, he's going to get the opportunity. And if yeah. the opportunity is there, I'd like to have that on my fantasy team. Yeah. But what I are think your thoughts? My thoughts on James Connor right now. Um, being from a, a person who drafted him and was burned by him this season, uh, I am not too high on him. Um, this is not just because I got burned, but also because um, even though Big Ben is back, his Connor's so injury prone. He had a shoulder issue, he had a knee issue, and an ankle issue all in the same year. Um, and that does not go alongside how he's more susceptible to COVID than anybody else in the NFL right now because of his cancer. So those are like actual – what's that? Don't hate on the cancer, man. I'm not hating on the cancer. It's just, uh, it's just a valid thing I'm pointing out. But, like, people around him that I would rather take. So, right now, James Conner is going a full round ahead of, like, or half round ahead of people like Chris Carson, uh, Seattle running back, Le'Veon Broken Bell, head. Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor. Like, I would take all those guys over James Conner at this point. Okay. That's good. So that's that's good kind of where I'm at with that. But Great. Uh, Seth. Tyler Lockett, all reliable. Tyler Lockett's been around for a while here. Ever since Baldwin left town, Lockett's kind of been Russell's number one guy. Uh, kept him in the last round. Also kept Eckler's last, last round. So two 
Lockett finished as the 13th wide receiver, which kind of surprised me seeing that. Like, I don't think I would have guessed that he finished in the top fifth. I don't think I would have guessed he finished in the top 20. Uh, but he finishes 13th overall, and Eckler finishes as the fourth overall running back, knowing like he dominated when Gordon was yeah. out. And Gordon came back, and they split some time, and he still was able to put up those numbers. So pretty two great keepers. Uh, could look at keeping them again next year. I would keep them instead of DJ Moore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a- <laughs> just slide it in. He's not even listening, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I, there's not much to be said there. Those were two good picks. Part of the team that carried you to the championship couldn't quite get you over the hump. Uh, Lockett had some injury. I think I don't think I talk about the Seahawks later, uh, but I think there's even room for more improvement with Lockett, and he kind of gets buried. Like he's not as sexy and flashy as some of the other picks, and so yeah, people often shy away from him in the drafts, but he's going to be Mr. Consistent and he's going to be reliable. I think he's got a high floor, high ceiling type of guy. And if the Seahawks, I was going to say their defense is bad, although they just got Jamal Adams, uh, but they could potentially be letting uh, Russ throw a little more, which only bodes well for Lockett. So. I like that for sure. Um, and this next one is going to be pretty easy, but I mean, John, Champion John Meals. Um, he kept <laughs> slash with help. <laughs> so, uh, he kept uh, Ertz, who finished as a fourth tight end overall, which he, I mean, he's finished top 10 or top five and top 10, I mean, almost his entire career. So, no brainer there. He and then he also had Chris Godwin, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks wide receiver, who finished the second overall, which is nuts. Nobody saw that coming. Um, that Kept him nice. as a free agent, I believe, too. Yeah, I'm big. confirming that, right. My conspiracy theory with John now. and Chris Godwin is he actually didn't know what he was doing. He just picked a Penn State guy because he likes Penn State, and it he got lucky. That's my conspiracy. <laughs> I genuinely don't think he saw the foresight of, like, oh, this guy's going to be next level, top five guy. No, I think he's like, uh, like, if I was to grab, day. like, a Husker guy. Yeah, it's right. like, okay, yeah. Plus, if we don't have any Huskers to grab. <laughs> And it worked out so well in his favor. So uh, that was nice. It was a good call. Free agent to number two overall. That's hey, that's it. Hey, I'm not hating it. I'm just I, I'm just calling your bluff. Jealous. That's all. Exactly. Uh, moving on to the free agents, though, uh, we'll kind of buzz through this. But these are kind of just some free agent moves that were made in the offseason by actual NFL teams. Who they picked up? Um, kind of our quick hit and thoughts on these guys and, and their spots. So obviously, number one overall, everyone knows it. Tom Brady went to the Bucks. Um, Philip Rivers went to the Colts and Teddy Bridgewater went to the Panthers. So, Jameson, I'm going to ask you, uh, out of Tom Brady and the Bucks, Rivers and the Colts, and Bridgewater to the Panthers, what's your ranking one, two, three of those guys at quarterback? Catching me off guard. It is now, a tricky one because I'm, it's all up in the air at this point. Right. And there's so many different ways you can slice it. Tom Brady is – old and started you can tell he's declining like where did he finish last year way back i looked earlier and it's he's back there ways and he had some really low like below 10 point weeks which is is rough um but he's got chris godwin he's got mike evans he's got gronk and oj howard so he's got weapons phil rivers i probably would put number three bridgewater i would can the old the reason I'm considering number one is uh, new offense, fun offense, DJ Moore, and their defense is so bad that they are going to be behind in every game and having that's to throw. So, so, like, the opportunity for him to get points is – that's probably where I would go, honestly. I'd probably go Bridgewater. I like that. Because his floor is probably high. And, I mean, his ceiling might not be massive, although maybe it is. Maybe I'm underestimating him. Um but that would be kind of my thinking is they're going to be behind. They're going to be throwing. I'd probably give the edge to Bridgewater in that case. I like that. Oh, that's a good call up for sure. Yeah. Uh, next Conklin to the Browns. So that's actually not a skill guy. That's Jack Conklin. He's a tackle came from the Titans, went to the Browns. I, I put that in just because of the significance. Like I think he was PFF graded him as the number five overall tackle. 
And so big upgrade for the Browns. They also had a first round. I think their very first pick was another offensive guy, either a tackle or a guard. Uh, I have it over here really quick. Yeah, and that's uh, big for also Nick Chubb, just to think about that overall. Bam, like just Right. Yes. So that was where I was going. Like They just beefed up their O-line pretty well with adding Conklin and adding a Bama tackle in the for first pick. And then Henry, re-signing with the Titans. Like I honestly, as a Titans guy, didn't think, didn't really want them to do it unless they could do it reasonably. Sounds like they did a pretty good job of trying to keep it reasonable. And it's just kind of like, it's a big deal because if he stayed in a franchise tag, he wasn't going to re-sign. He was going to go somewhere else. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. If he goes to about any other offense, I probably don't love him very much. But the way the Titans use him, you can get a little more worth out of him fantasy-wise for a couple more years. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, next next is uh, Austin Hooper. Got signed to the Browns as well. Um, it's an eh, okay signing, I guess, just because – I mean, the Browns didn't target the tight end too much last season, and as well as you know having Odell and Jarvis and so many other weapons. I, I think he's gonna he's not gonna get the volume and the in the respect he got last year as regards to being a tight end. So um, just keep that in mind. I mean, last year he finished as the tight end sixth overall. I don't think it's gonna happen. It's, I don't think it's gonna repeat. Um, and then also Melvin Gordon went to the Broncos. So. That's a big one. Uh, they signed him to a lot, and they obviously went out and wanted to get a superstar running back, so you know they're going to use him. Um, my only concern there is, you know, Philip Lindsay, who was having back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons, is still there. So how is that going to, you know, factor into the, um, you know, whole scheme of the Broncos? Are going to give more workload to Melvin Gordon, or is Lindsay still going to, you know, eat, in that to the little, eat into that a little bit? So, Yep. Yeah, a couple more. And, again, none of these are super big. There are some defensive guys that we haven't talked about. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Adams through the Hawks. Just went. Adams Hawks. Yes. Uh, but a couple more offense guys that will – it's maybe worth pointing out. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints. Um, I don't know how much fantasy relevance that will have. I think there will be some weeks. It just might be hard to predict those weeks. Uh, they're going to be passing. He's a legit number two for Breeze. So there's some interest there. Cam Newton of the Patriots. That's a fun one. Nick Foles to the Bears, competing with now uh, Trubisky for that starting position. Uh, Jordan Howard goes to the Dolphins. Um, and to tag along with that, Breda got traded to the Dolphins during mm, yeah, that's right. the draft. So they kind of got two new running backs there. What are, what are your thoughts on those two running backs, Slayton? Real quick, uh, who do you mm-hmm. like there? Who would you draft, assuming you're going around the same spot in the draft? Yeah, I really like Jordan Howard. Honestly, I think he's gonna he's just gonna get all the volume. Like, yeah, they sang Matt Burita, but um, he's not gonna be feels like he's the change pace back. Yeah, right. He'll be the one on the backfield. Brian Flores, the head coach, is also a running back coach at Philadelphia, or not Philadelphia. I'm sorry, the, the Patriots. So he went out and got his guy Jordan Howard first and foremost. Um, and he saw a lot of value in him on actually. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be a good, you know, value pick just because he is a little bit later in drafts and he's still mm-hmm. a starting running back at this point. So, well, Andrew, look, I mean, again, it's one of those guys who is not sexy. Um, not necessarily a guy that you go out and target early. Right. He doesn't catch, sure. but if you look at his past few years, um, He's put up over a thousand yards almost every time. I think maybe I'm trying to find it real quick. I don't. See I mean, quite a bit. I know the Bears. He was always a thousand yard rusher, and then he went to the right. Eagles and split some timeshare with Miles Sanders. And then he got injured a little bit, so that could vary a tad. But um, I mean, yeah, I don't he's a workhorse. The research, right? Right. Wherever he goes, not sexy, but gets the job done. And. Oh, yeah. And it, he's still a start, like like you said, he's, you've named two different teams, but he's the starting run back every time he goes. And so coaches like what he's able to do on the field, and they put him out there. So absolutely, you're going to want that on your fantasy team. Uh, real quickly, let's jump into the 2020 NFL draft. Um, some of the results we'll kind of highlight. I'm Again, assuming most of you kind of know, uh, know this stuff, but we'll talk 
teams that benefited real quick, and then we'll talk about some players we like or don't like, and if anybody's worth uh, drafting in, in the redraft uh, realm. So teams that I felt benefited, uh, Broncos. So they bring in Melvin Gordon, like Layton talked about in the offseason. Um, they, they bring in um, Judy, and they bring in K.J. Hamler via draft. On top of already having Courtland Sutton and Noah Fant, who uh, was pretty solid last year, so tons of offensive weapons. You're putting Drew Lock in a spot like it's hard to fail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you do fail like you're not going <laughs> to succeed in the NFL. Like there's no. so many weapons there. Uh, like they, you can giving ask. him everything he can ask. Like right, exactly. the The amount of weapons that he has is one of the, the top half for sure of the NFL. The other one, uh, Chiefs. So they returned all 22, all, not all 22 starters. I think 20 or 21 of the 22, and then they kept everybody on defense. And then they add Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. Um, so then they, Damian Williams, who wasn't bad, but then just, like, if you could piece together a perfect fit for an Andy Reid running back, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. And so he just fits that so well. We'll get to this a little later. Damian Williams has actually opted out of this 2020 season. Hey, what? <laughs> Which is pretty crazy because there was some like, yeah, Edward Solaire is exciting, but is he going to get the starting job right away? And you know how much you put there. But now it's it's all kind of CEH and 100% foot on the gas. So question sure. with that before we move on. Again, not necessarily dynasty, not a keeper, startup draft. Okay. Where are you willing to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire, knowing his role in that offense? Startup draft. So it's it, we're basically blank slate here. We get our ten boys just doing a normal draft. Ten boys, yeah. normal draft, everybody's okay. on the board. Yeah, I think I would take him um, about the you know, middle of the second round at this point in time. I, I think um, there's just some other guys I like more than him. I like Kenyon Drake more than him. I like, um, you know, some wide receivers like Julio, Tyreek Hill. Like, there's just some other guys who have a lot more value. And I, personally, I don't like taking risks on running backs that high. Like, he's a rookie, so keep that in mind. Like, who has no training camp and is going to an, an offense who he doesn't know that much about. So it's like there's a lot to keep in mind. I know he does have Pat Mahomes, and that's a great, you know, added feature, but. Um, I, I think personally, I would like the reliability of having somebody like, okay, I've seen somebody like Kenny and Drake have production in a new offense Cardinals. I think I'm going to bank on that more. That's just more like me being really conservative. I, I, I do see like how teams and people can have value, um, for him in this you know, time. But for me, I, I, I lean more conservative route, I think so. That's fair. But yeah, so uh, kind of moving along here, uh, another team that we wanted to point out in the NFL draft who I think benefited a lot is um, the Ravens. Uh, they added J.K. Dobbins, um, running back from Ohio State. Um, the and Ohio State. The Ohio State University. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were the number one running team, rushing team, I should say, in the, the nation last season. Um, so like – that's something to keep in mind is they're not only have Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, but they're adding JK Dobbins. They have a great, you know, offensive line who, who does a great job of blocking the run. Um, and, you know, Gus Edwards last year had a, a good market share. I think it was about 30% of, of the carries went to Gus Edwards. So this random dude. Um, and then they went out and got this guy called JK Dobbins really high. So I, I think that's going to be, you know, a really good benefit to that team overall. And then they also later rounds, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, I think they got like three or four offensive linemen in a row, which is great. Just bulking up that end. Um, it's helping out the rushing game all, all together more. So, um, so that's one two is the Indianapolis Colts. They added two really good one fantasy value selfishly, um, you know, players that are going to provide some value for fantasy. Uh, Jonathan Taylor running back from Wisconsin and Michael Pittman jr. Uh, wide receiver USC. Um, who can both add, you know, really high fantasy value. Uh, the reason for that being the Colts have the number one rated um, offensive line by pro football focus, which is a huge deal, especially with Jonathan Taylor 
being at the helm running back wise, but also, you know, Michael Pittman Jr., a big body wide receiver um, alongside T.Y. Hilton and then a veteran Philip Rivers. I, I think it's going to be, you know, a lot of value there for some rookies that you can take some shots on if, if you are comfortable early on in the draft there. So, but Jameson, what do you think about these two guys? Um, if I gave you, um, you know, a team here and I, you had the option to choose Jonathan Taylor um, as your running back one or Michael Pittman Jr. as your wide receiver two on your team, who would you go with and why? I know it's kind of a oddball question, but are you going to rely on Jonathan Taylor as you're going to be your kind of cornerstone guy or are you going to rather go with Michael Pittman Jr. who could be like wide receiver two guy? Oh, that's a good question. I think I'd lean Taylor. I lean Taylor. I lean Taylor. <laughs> I, I lean Taylor as well. I I, I know there's concerns out there with with Mac uh, and his role in that offense and still being there. But like you said, the number one offense, Philip Rivers can't sling it like he or not, not number one offense, number one offensive line, real solid defense. Philip Rivers can't sling it like he's going to be. There should be in a lot of positive game scripts. Like they're gonna run, even if Mac is there. I still think Taylor gets over 200 touches and behind that offensive line, that's going to produce real well for you. Fantasy wise. I like Michael Pittman. Uh, I think there's real potential there. I don't know how immediate it comes. And, you know, T Y is there. Pittman's kind of the outside guy. T Y is kind of an outside guy. They, they play a similar role. T Y is always kind of battling injury. So I can see a window for Pittman uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but in your scenario, I go Taylor. Awesome. Yeah, so next we're hopping in some teams that left us scratching our heads or a little bit like, why did you draft these guys? But Yeah, uh, the Packers. What are you doing? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> like, the Packers. you have Devontae Adams and then nobody. Like, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valquez-Stantling or whatever, MVS. You brought in Funches, but I think he's on the COVID list, maybe. He opted out, I thought. Did he opt out? He might have he even opted, opted out. out. So so no help for Ann Rodgers brought in. You brought in instead, and with your second-round pick, you brought in Jordan Love, a pretty risky quarterback out of Utah State. So you brought, up, brought in Rodgers' successor, and then you draft A.J. Dillon, uh, a pretty big-bodied running back that – I don't think draft like graded out super well in the draft. And you have Aaron Jones who finished, remind you, as the number two overall running back. And you also draft a fullback. Like, what are you what are you doing? They're what are you trying to accomplish? Right. What are you trying to accomplish? Like you had a chance to go get in that second round. I'm gonna look because I'm getting a- I'm not even a Packers fan and I start to get a little angry like <laughs> thinking about it. Just dumb. You had a chance. So you're sitting – oh, Jordan Love was the first round, their first pick. So pick 26 overall. You have a chance still to, to get a Clyde receiver. Edwards Hilaire. Yep. You get Clyde, you get T. Higgins, you get Michael Pittman. Uh, if you're looking for a receiver, you you got plenty of options there to go get a receiver. And instead you draft a questionable quarter. Like it just doesn't make sense. And I don't need to say much more about it. Cause it's just dumb. Doesn't, doesn't make sense. Like, what are you trying to do? No, I agree. And another team that was just absolutely stupid in the same act, actually in the same conference there, uh, Chicago bears, they decided, you know what? Our offense was so good last year and we had Trey burden and all these guys, let's go get, you know, Jimmy Our Graham tenth tight end. Oh, no, we, we went and got Jimmy Graham first. We wanted oh. to sign an old veteran washed-up tight end. But then on top of that, with our first overall, you know, first pick that we had, which is the second round, we, we decided to draft Cole Kement. Um, Who? We needed Cole Kement, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, being a Bears fan, we needed actually offensive line help and wide receiver help, and we got neither. Um, defense is great, but you got to help them out, and tight end's not the spot. And at this point in time, when they drafted Cole Kement, they had 10 tight ends on the roster. Oof, 10 tight ends when they drafted Cole Kement. So just. That makes no sense. No How sense. How many are you allowed to rock? I mean, I know COVID, you get a little extra this year. I think it's 80. <laughs> what is it normally? 
should never have 10. At least five, I'd say minimum five. It's tight end. You don't like, I don't know. But I mean, like roster size. That's true. Yeah. I mean, you get like. How many ro- like game day active rosters? Are oh, there yeah. Now? I don't know. Isn't it like 50 something? I think it's like 59, 60, 58. I don't know. It's. That's, when, crazy. When, like, that's like 10% of your roster is tight ends. Right. What are you doing? Uh, more than that. More than 10%. Craziness. Does not make sense. But they did end up training one of them to the Dolphins. They did. Uh, <laughs> quick recaps. We'll keep these short, brief, because, again, you probably, as the listener, know know uh, these guys, where they landed, and um, you can form your own judgments. <laughs> yes. uh, we did not pick Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just because of the obvious reasons. Everyone knows. We also didn't pick Joe Burrow because he's going to start and there's some relevance there. So kind of cheating picking him. So try to be a little different thinking outside the box. I picked Jalen Rager. Uh, immediate, like following the draft, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I love where he landed. I like he's a very athletic player. Uh, but then as this offseason has progressed, you found out that Alshon's probably not going to start the season. He's going to start it on the pup. Uh, they had two receiver, uh, Goodwin, Godwin, Goodwin, opt out, and um, Deshaun's still not fully healthy. Even mm-hmm. if he is, he's not going to last the whole season. He had our JJ Arstega Whiteside, who not the player they thought he was going to be. So basically, he's walking into no competition, uh, being able to step in. He's athletic. If he can learn the playbook, he's going to be able to play. Uh, right away and be able to contribute and have some fantasy value. So I put him in. Oh yeah, I'm rambling. No, that's a, so I'm trying to that's go. A, no, that's a good one. I like I like that one um, a lot. I I my guy I love um, is Jared Judy actually. Um, and I know there's some skepticism about him right now just because you know he's Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, um, all this stuff. But man, does this guy you know have the talent? He's just a, a flat out pro football focus has him at ranked wide receiver one in the entire draft class by a mile, um, just based on the fact that his skill set with running routes, his uh, abil- ability to catch in traffic, things like these you know, types of attributes that are you know, key in the NFL. And, you know, a guy who had 50% um, – actually, I'm going to pull up the actual stat here. Yeah, 54.9% of the wide receiver fantasy point percentage was Cortland Sutton last year. So Cortland Sutton had more – over 50% of the wide receiver market share for the Broncos. Good and he finished right as the you know wide receiver 20. So what does that tell you? That, that tells you, one, terrible quarterback play. But two, tells you there's a lot of wide receiver fantasy points to be had outside of Cortland Sutton. So, like, um, because let's be honest, Cortland Sutton's not the wide receiver that Jared Judy is. Like, there's a reason why they drafted Jared Judy so high. So yeah. that's the guy I'm high on. Um, and he is going in around the 10th, 11th round. So it's a guy you can kind of take a shot on and not feel too bad about getting. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at right now with Jared Judy. We'll circle back to him. Uh, again, I try not to pick uh, some obvious guys. I went with Pittman, and we kind of hashed it out a little bit earlier. Uh, some okay. reasons I like Pittman, they need some help. T.Y. has not played a full season in – I think four years. I can't remember what I looked at the other day. So it's been a while since he's played a full season and he's got the big frame. He's got the red zone type body, like rivers will be able to find him. Rivers doesn't have it like he used to, but he'll he'll still be able to chuck it deep every now and then. I think Pittman kind of fits that offense fits what they want to do. And, you know, if T.Y. misses any time, even if he doesn't, I think Pittman has some value, but if, if Pittman misses any, or T.Y. misses any time, then Pittman's, uh, stepping into a nice, pretty, pretty good gap there that he can fill and, and do well. For sure. No, I, I like Pittman a lot too. Um, the guy I last, my last guy basically is Antonio Gibson. That I'm really high on. Um, he's a running back out of Memphis and he, you know, is on the Redskins now, which is kind of a dicey backfield at this point in time. Um, they have Adrian Peterson still on contract. Uh, Geis is still there. Um, they just signed Peyton Barber in the offseason. So there's a lot of murkiness um, in the backfield with that. But they, they you know, drafted him in the early third round. Um, so it's a pretty high-value pick for where they're getting him. And this dude is off the charts, athletic, and, and you know nuts. So 
Um, where are you getting them? Pretty late, um, 12th, 13th round potentially. Um, I like the, the shot that you're taking there because I don't think they're going to reside Adrian Peterson. Guys has never been himself. Um, and Peyton Barber has never been relevant in the NFL as regards to fantasy. So it's a good shot that you take in here with, with this guy, Ricky. So. It's true. And Rivera's the head coach there now who was Christian McCaffrey's coach last year in Carolina. So you got to like the, the opportunity that could lie ahead there. A uh, couple of players that I say we hate, maybe it's not hate. It's just terms of, we don't necessarily like where they fell, the teams they on. Yeah. I don't believe some of the hype that's coming with them. Uh, the two that stuck out to me, well, two, well, I got a couple. Uh, I'm going to look at that. I duplicated later. Judy and Jefferson. I got another one from my other one. Judy and Jefferson. So I get what you're saying with Judy. He is one of the better wide receiver prospects that we've seen come out, period, in a long time. Um, he can flat out play ball and play the position, and he's very good. I'm just very nervous of Drew Locke being my quarterback. And Drew Locke had a couple games where he was – 400 passing yards. I think two games that he's over 400, but then all the other times he didn't get past 250 passing yards. That makes me a little nervous. They have tons of other weapons, like you mentioned. Cortland Sutton's still there. Will Lindsey's still there, who's a good pass catching back. Corden's there. Noah Fant's there. And Drew Locke's my quarterback. So it just makes me a little nervous. Love the player. Love the talent. Don't necessarily love the situation. The other one is Justin Jefferson. Again, oh. Great player. Like, loved watching him at LSU last year. There goes to Minnesota who doesn't throw and doesn't – like, he played in the slot, and he played in the slot so well at LSU. And right now he's probably taking dig spot, which is um, on the outside, and he's going to be number two to, to Thielen. And so it's just feeling like there's not going to be a ton of opportunity for him in that offense. There's been no offseason, no opportunity to kind of step in, which is the case for all these guys. But I'm just saying – they have Irv Smith. They have uh, Rudolph. It, there's a scenario where I could see the two tight end set becomes more popular because of the offseason that we've had. And Jefferson just doesn't quite get the chance that he would have in a different type of offense. For sure. Um, my next guy I'm not too high on right now just because I think of his draft position for this year um, is J.K. Dobbins. So right now he's going in the eighth round. Um, Elaine, and- you said – you said he liked his spot <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so I like his potential because right now um, he's on the number one rushing offense in the league, but he also has Mark Ingram who finished in the top 10 uh, as a running back last season. So they're, I mean, they're not going to not utilize him. Um, and guys I like more than DK Dobbins right now are like Jordan Howard, who's going around later, Tevin Coleman, who's going around later, Tariq Cohen is going two rounds later. I mean, some of these guys have been proven, you know, guys in the league who, get a lot of good volume. Um, so that, that's where I recommend J.K. Dobbins. I, I think he's not going to be good this year. I think in the future years, though, he's going to ha- have so much value. I think he's going to be a really good asset. But I think for this 2020 season with no training camp, coming in to an offense with an established running game with Lamar and Mark Ingram, I think he's going to maybe fall to the wayside and not be what you think he's going to be in, you know, as you're drafting him. So, no, That's great. I, I can see that argument. Um, and then other guy, kind of same scenario as DeAndre Swift, um, running back out of Georgia, who was drafted by the Detroit Lions. Carry um, on Johnson, the starter, I guess, for the Lions, is still there. <laughs> Ty Johnson, who they signed, Bo Scarborough. There's just a random mosh posh of running backs. Uh, regardless of the running back, though, the Lions running back has never been a, a valuable fantasy asset since Javon Best. Um, way back when, if you remember that old guy, <laughs> I forgot about that name. <laughs> so, I mean, in reality, the Lions just don't run the ball very well, and they don't pass the running back very well. Um, they they sling it, but they don't sling it to the running back. So, um, it's a tough was, pick. So, but here's a fun one for you. When was the last time that the Lions had a thousand yard rusher? Two thousand and seven. It's not going to look as cool now. 2013, Reggie Bush. Ah. Oh, Reggie Bush was on the Lions. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah. But still, seven that, years ago. That's seven years. Yeah, that's a long time. That's seven, that's seven seasons. Seven years. Like, without having 
a running back just go for a thousand yards, like cheapers. Yeah, and, and that's when they had Calvin Johnson in a powerhouse offense. Like they could run the ball because right. they had people. Who, yeah. Okay. And they've only <laughs> they've not had very many thousand yard rushers. Uh, and again, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's not necessarily the. Anyways, yep. Didn't mean to cut you off. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, good. Good. The last person I want to I want to bring up, AJ Dillon, and I talked to him a little bit earlier. So he got drafted by the Packers. Um, like I just don't like the situation. I he didn't get very well graded in the draft process. Uh, kind of a bigger built back, not super impressive with his feet, and you walk into a backfield that used um, Jones, who was the number two last year, and Williams, who had some role and it just makes it kind of more crowded and don't love the situation. So that's, that's the other one I don't like. No. Yeah, I agree. AJ Dillon's trash. So, so let's move on from what we don't like. Let's talk about what we do like who take keeper aside redraft league. Who are some rookies that you would be willing to say they have value this year? Cause mind you, not every rookie does. Uh, but who has some who has value this year that you you would redraft you would draft in yeah. a redraft league? I th- I think guys who have value this year are Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh Kansas City Chiefs, Jonathan Taylor, and J.K. Dobbins, who we've all mentioned before. Um, all running backs all have value. Uh, I know I just kind of bashed on Dobbins a little bit, but he does bring value. I just think the eighth round is a little high. Um, yeah, for my taste. But yeah. I think this year he does bring a good amount of value that you can plug and play um, on certain weeks. Absolutely. Uh, I have a couple here. Burrow's a, a, I don't want to say obvious. It's not obvious, but Burrow's one. He might struggle at first. They kind of have a brutal start to the year, uh, but they're going to throw. They got the system. He's, he's legit talent. Uh, I, I think you can take a, a dart throw on him later. Um, I feel okay with it. C.D. Lamb, we haven't talked about him yet. So he oh, ended yeah. up at the Cowboys, um, which at first you're like, ah, man, I don't know if I like that because they got Cooper and they got Gallup. Lamb sounds like going to play a lot of this out of the slot. Witten's gone. Randall Cobb's gone. That's over 160 targets that are open. Not assuming Lamb will take all 160 of those, but even if you get 100 out of the slot, which means you're probably seeing uh, the defense's third best corner and C.D. Lamb is legit. Uh, I like some matchups there. I think Lamb will have some big weeks, um, especially if they're in some shootout games and, and high scoring. Rugs, another one we haven't brought up yet. Uh, this one felt weird. Like I didn't like Rugs at first, uh, but it ended up at at Las Vegas. Not used to that. Oh yeah, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and I mean, they had the they took the very first wide receiver off the board. They got their guy, which is Ruggs, right. the fastest by far. Uh, just feels like they have a scheme for him. They're going to want to use him. They're going to try to find ways to get on the ball. They're going to use his speed and get on the ball close to the line of scrimmage, just let him do some damage. So I'd be willing to take a shot there. It'd be later. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't draft him, draft him in the first 10 rounds. But if you want to take a shot later um, and some later rounds on a guy, I'd do, do him and then Rager, which I talked about, so I won't rehash that. But uh, another guy I could see. Um, getting some playing time this year. 100% agree. Those are all great picks. Um, wrapping up the show, though, doing some housekeeping here. Um, housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> the one is to set uh, both of your keepers by August 19th. So that's the deadline we have. Get your keepers in. Um, if we don't, we get to decide for you. So, Ooh, and you don't sucks. want that. Yes, no. draft has been officially set, so keepers are going to be the 19th. I'll also text that out just so everybody sees it. For sure. Uh, but send them to me by midnight. And announce them to the group chat, too, so we all know and we can all kind of prep. Um, and if you haven't beforehand, announce them beforehand. Um, like yeah, my no, keepers, great. if you're still listening to the podcast, are Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle. So dumb. It's a Woj bomb. The kids are calling it these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, if you actually want to be in the podcast as a guest, hit us up. Please come on board. Come on, break down anything you want. It would be fun. We've, Good we've been asking people for a year now. Nobody wants to join yes. us. Maybe that speaks about our podcast. But all we do listen, is drink beer and talk about football. Well, so. We're just going to talk. We don't. You don't have to know a ton of stuff. You don't have to have analysis. Just come, dialogue with us. We'll ask you questions. Let us let us get inside your brain for a little bit. 
Next week, what are we talking about, Leighton? We're talking about the middies. <laughs> the middies. The middies. The, the mid-round picks. So we're going to go through some mid-round value guys that we like because um, those rounds can get kind of dicey. So um, guys we like in the middies, Slice and dice in the middle. Slice and dice there. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. It's been real. Peace y'all. out. Please let it's us know if you want to come on. Please. We have no friends. Goodbye. <laughs>